This episode of Spawn is brought to you by Bitsbox, an engaging monthly subscription for kids that helps teach them to code in a super fun way. Visit bitsbox.com slash coolmom and save 20% on any Bitsbox subscription with code coolmom. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we are going to be sharing tips for tackling the big, the most popular New Year's resolution. You know, the ones we all make and then don't stick to. <laughs> or is that just me? This is the year, Liz. This is the year. Oh, right, right. This year will be different. Well, hey, maybe we can help. And of course, we're going to end our show with our own cool picks of the week. But first, a little news, a little big news. A little happy news to kick off the new year. Yes. Kristen. Yes, I know. I'm engaged. Woo-hoo! I am unfianced. Is that the right pronunciation? You're what? Unfianced. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? Or is that just from a movie? I don't know, but it sounds fancy. <laughs> I am so happy for you. Thank okay, you. listeners, you have to understand. I'm going to try to say this without crying. Okay. Kristen deserves this so much. She is the most amazing single mom of four kids. She is a good, kind, and giving, and loving, and incredible person. And she has found an amazing man. Hey, Ben. Hi. (laughs) Who we are so happy to welcome to the family and the family of friends because he is the same way. And if you ever saw how this man looks at her and talks about her, even when she's not in the room, you would wish that for everybody in your life. So, Kristen, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And I have to say, he talks similarly about my children, which in my old age with four kids, that means almost as much, maybe as much and possibly more than those kind words that he says to me too. So a good way to start off 2017. It's really true. And for those of us in semi-blended families, look, that's a really hard thing. Maybe we do a whole other episode on this. But, you know, if you are single or, you know, divorced or thinking about remarrying, finding a partner when you have kids who absolutely loves your kids as much as you do and takes care of them and makes you feel safe, uh, that matters as much as anything. It matters more than like the sex that mattered in your 20s. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. What what is that three-letter word? (laughs) No. I'm newly engaged. We do it all the time. Anyway, anyway. congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Hopefully everybody's happy for you. And hey, everybody in 2017 having like relationship questions, just know Kristen is an example for us all that second chances and third chances do happen. Amen. All right. So let's dive into this topic. We had the good news out of the way. And I think we're going to have more good news because I think we've got some really great, I hate saying advice, but a little bit of this is advice too when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Well, we've had many years of making and breaking our own, so hopefully we can share our mistakes and our successes and help you all. So first, I just want to hearken back to something we talked about last year, which was really popular. And it's kind of cool because I'm seeing that post from 2016 being shared again. We used Gretchen Rubin's idea for one-word resolutions. Yes, I love that. We did that too this year. We took your lead and did that. It's so great. So just quickly, for those of you not familiar, the idea is instead of biting off more than you can chew or making these really specific resolutions, pick one word that's kind of like your mantra word for yes. the year. Yes. And think of all the different ways that can apply to your life and how you want to apply it. And, you know, print it out and put it up over your bed or next to your night table or over your desk in your office. Tattoo and... it on your wrist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Well, you might have a long list after a few years of doing it. <laughs> that's true. So what's your word? What's your word this year? You know what? I haven't nailed my word down. You know, as you were talking, I did think of the word no. 
N O, not K N O W. That's a good one. So that could be one. Which is something a lot of people have trouble with. But I feel like I want to be a little more positive, and I like yours. Do it's not don't. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I need to phrase it differently if I'm going to choose the word no. Not yes. <laughs> not yes. <laughs> Um, I will say my kids, I don't know if it was just because they were really goofy at the time, mm-hmm. but oh my goodness, they were nonstop like making funny jokes. Like Margot was like, fart. And I'm like, okay, well that happened last year too. You don't so. need to resolve to do that because that just happens. I know that just happens. Um, but they had a little trouble with this. I don't know if it was because they were just being goofy or they're a little young, but I'm curious, how did your kids do with it? They were good. They were really interesting this year. I mean, last year they had words like friends. Okay. Age appropriate. Or um, Thalia had the word ahead. Yeah. Another one had time. So again, these are kind of general concepts that apply however you mean them. This year, my 11-year-old, she picked the word determination. Ooh. Now, I think partly because that comes from Undertale. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which she's obsessed with. Okay. But we talked about all the different ways that can work in your life and what that means. And really, it's about her pushing through and getting to the next level. For example, you know, I talked about this. Actually, it's on our Instagram account that we decided to use screens this year more for creating than watching. That's one of our resolutions. I like that. And so she was coming to me with her new stylist she got for the holidays and showing me some goofy anime designs she was doing, but they were very rudimentary. And I said, why don't you push yourself? Look at what Quinlan's doing. Look at what Kristen's daughter's <laughs> don't doing. Don't look at what I'm drawing. Go make something awesome. <laughs> and she did. She came back two hours later with this like amazing drawing. Yeah, it's awesome. And so then that made her think of the word determination and that she can push through and do better. And I love that. And then my younger one, Sage, the uh, philosopher, Yes. She picked the word promises, Ooh. which I thought was really cool. And she said she wanted to make good on her promises to other people. Like when she says she'll do something that she'll do it or she'll try it, but also her promises to herself. So when she says she's going to eat more uh, protein and less pasta for every meal, like she's really going to try to commit to that. We'll see if it happens, but that's her word. And my word this year, I'm actually really happy with this. Mine is do. Yes. D-O. Yes. There's just so many ways that applies in my life. Indeed. In everyone's life, really, I yeah, think. Yeah. I'm a big list maker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very big on like, oh, I have these eight million things to do on my to-do list and they do not get done. <laughs> and so I feel like a lot of my stress and anxiety and pressure comes from the never-ending list in my head that's constantly refreshing of things that have to get done. So I want to be better at just crossing things off as they come up. If I know I have to make a phone call that I'm dreading, like, it's not going to be any better in a week or two weeks. So I need to just make that phone call. I need to make decisions. I need to move faster on things. And also, especially when it comes to politics and activism, which is going to be a big part of my year this year, I want to freak out less and do more. Yes. (laughs) And maybe people will be seeing that on Cool Mom Picks. I think that may uh, impact some of my writing this year. But I really want to be more proactive in terms of the charities I support, the organizations I invest my time in. Like, what can I do? So for me, that's a word I'm really excited about this year. And hopefully I can deliver on in some ways. Yes. Well, now you've got tens of thousands of millions of listeners. All right. (laughs) Or maybe just a few hundred. Who knows? That are going to hold you to it, Liz. Now, of course, not everyone has done this. So if you don't want to do a one word and you want to do some of the traditional ones, we are here to help today. That's what we're going to do. That's we're going to take care of you. Yeah, I just think it's a nice way to kind of wrap up resolutions um, into something bigger than a specific goal. Actually, that's like a really good segue. So if you think about the traditional resolutions, exercise and diet, that's a big one, right? Doesn't everyone do that? Maybe Giselle Bunchen doesn't have exercise 
<laughs> She's the one person in the world who's like, ah, screw that. I don't need that. I am probably not alone in having eaten all of my election feelings over the last six months. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly I'm like, oh, the only thing that fits is yoga pants. So yes, I would say exercise and diet is high on my list this year. <laughs> You're good at this, though, Kristen. You're really good at, like, making exercise and diet goals and sticking to them. That's a very broad exaggeration. No, you go to bar classes. No, you know what I've learned over the years, and I think this applies for people who have this goal and are parents and are super busy, but hey, you know, everyone's super busy in their own way, is that I need to do things that I know that I can accomplish and feel successful at, which means that I really only find the time, like, two to three times a week at the most where I can work out. And I would love to do it more. I used to do it more. I used to be able to do it every day and I just can't. Well, I think that's important. Like start small is one of the tips that experts always say. Like don't say I will work out every day because the second you can't work out one day, that's it. You're going to feel like you blew your whole year, right? Exactly. And so before the holidays, I was pretty consistently doing Pure Bar twice a week. And what happened was I was successful at it. And then what I think makes it successful in the long run is it becomes part of your routine. So you can make those two days. It's not seven days a week. It's just two days a week. You can make it part of your routine. And then you're just more apt to keep doing it if it's part of a ritual you know, in your everyday life. I think that's great. And then how about diet? You tried Whole360, right? The Whole30. See, obviously I know nothing about diet. (laughs) It's only 30. (laughs) See, Liz? I did. And you know, a lot of the reasoning behind me doing these diet and exercise resolutions is actually shifted from being about my appearance. Like they're not vain anymore. It's about like my mental and physical health. That's really good. Maybe that's just me turning 40, but it's made a difference. I find it a lot easier to stick with something when I'm not like, okay, I'm going to try to fit into these jeans or I need to be able to wear this dress. Like those goals haven't worked for me in a long time. You know, it's like we talked about way back in like episode two or three where we talked about passing the hot baton. Yes. (laughs) That it's someone else's turn to be hot. But I hear that a lot from friends too, that when they exercise, when they diet, they feel healthy. They feel feel powerful. They feel strong. They have more energy. They feel like they're honoring their body. They feel like they're staying healthy for their kids. To me, that's also more motivating than like I'll fit in something besides yoga pants. Well, me, it's just like I want to stay alive longer for my children. Like that's what it's come down to. It's a little morbid. Yay, midlife. But in terms of the (laughs) diet stuff, you know, I have stomach issues. So like for me, it has a lot to just, you know, not living in the bathroom. Let's be frank here. We can be frank amongst (laughs) friends. I just don't want to live in the bathroom. So I have actually for the last month Mm -hmm. or two, I've been gluten-free and I know I'm not allergic. How's that Um, working for you? I might might not even really be sensitive, but it does help my digestion. And so I find that those kinds of diets for me, when I think about it as like a health thing, like I just want to be healthy. I just don't want to like go through (laughs) 40 rolls of toilet paper in one <laughs> That helps me stay motivated, Liz. I think that's good. And, you know, we also found this great article in Fitness Magazine, which we will link to, which is 18 ways to stick to your goals when it comes to um, diet and weight loss. There's some really good tips in there, which I think are pretty typical, but some of them, it just bears repeating and it's helpful to see it. And one of the ones I've always liked is to find a buddy and do it with a friend. Yes. Because it keeps you accountable, first of all. Absolutely does. You make an appointment to go for a walk around the block with your friend, you cannot cancel. Like the way you can cancel on yourself. (laughs) I cancel on myself a 
lot, which is yes. why the word do is important to it's me. It's like a universal truth. Yeah. It's like we're people pleasers, right? So right. it's like a lot easier when someone else is involved. Or even <laughs> like I'll start by doing videos in my room so I can get a little strong before I go to the gym and have to embarrass myself in front of other people. But when I'm ready at that point to go and take a class, like there's something about being in that class and knowing people are looking at you that makes you work harder too. So I think the misery of working out loves company. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfectly said. Now, kind of along the same lines of exercise and diet is the idea of self-care. And that's a huge one for me. I think I might have to pick self-care as my word because... Ooh, that's good. Care. Care is a great care. word. Just care in general. Or maybe self, honestly. <laughs> I love self. Speaking of which, for Christmas, I gave my stepmother... One of Emily McDowell's awesome Everyday Bravery Merit Badges. I gave you one as well. Yes, I love them. Yeah, so I gave you one that says put yourself first, which I thought was mm -hmm. awesome. And hey, that speaks to self-care. And similarly, I gave her one that says took care of myself. And I think that's so important, especially because she's, you know, like a full-time caregiver now for my dad since his yep. uh, injury. So anyway, I think that's great. And hey, go ahead and get an Emily McDowell merit badge if it helps you stick to that resolution. Well, and I think when people hear the word self-care, for me initially, or like, you know, a few years ago or whatever it was, I really always thought of like massage or like a spa or a manicure. For whatever reason, that's what came into my mind. And over the years, and especially this year, mm -hmm. I am focusing on taking care of myself in different ways, which means like taking a class or finding a hobby or doing something that interests me or taking time during my day to just sit in a quiet space and get my shit together, you know, get my thoughts together. So the things that give you pleasure or relaxation yes. Yes. or, you know, a needed break from the daily grind. I think that's all good. And you know what? Pedicures are good too. Like for me, for oh, real. Yeah, they're totally great. Like going and getting an hour to like have somebody sure. rub my feet is like a big thing for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not saying like that doesn't mean self-care, but I think if you out there are like me and automatically think, oh, self-care is going to get a massage, not necessarily. Yeah. It's just doing things that are for you. And you know what? That might be like taking an hour every week and just organizing your drawers. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but that can help. You know what? Kristen, you nailed it. Care is your word for the year. Care is my word. So I think that's a good segue, like talking about yes. doing things for yourself, because I think another big resolution, especially for parents, is work-life balance. Oh, <laughs> that, that B word, that evil B word. And if you go back <laughs> to our episode where we interviewed Samantha Edis, who yes. is the author of The Pie Life, she had some really great tips, even though she calls herself a work-life balance expert, which we kind of joked about because there's no such thing. And she admits there's no such thing. She looks at life as kind of multiple slices of pie. And I love this, like making sure each of those slices is getting a little love at some point, you know, even if it's not always even like sometimes your relationship slice will be smaller than your work slice or your health slice or your children's slice or your friend slice. But at some point you need to make sure everything's getting covered. Yeah. And we've got some great tips on how to do that. Like I love this idea of setting dates with your kids. It doesn't matter. Like for me, I absolutely have to do that because I have four kids. And I think sometimes smaller families don't necessarily do that. And I think it makes perfect sense to set up a time where you got to dinner with them. It doesn't even need to be fancy. You don't have to spend a lot of money. My kids live for that. It's so special like to just have one kid and just walk around and window shop or get a hot chocolate together or whatever. They just feel so special, especially when they've got siblings. And so I love that. Yeah. And I like this point that you have here, which is investing in yourself and knowing the world 
worth of your time. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us, we want to do everything ourselves. We feel like we need to do everything ourselves. And actually, our time could be better spent doing other things. And if we put a value on it, maybe we could afford a housekeeper, you know, once a month or a part-time sitter or an assistant. I mean, it sounds crazy, but you're spending time doing other things. You're driving around. That's money too. You may not see it as bills in your hand or in your wallet immediately, but it does trickle down. I mean, it definitely does in my household. I completely agree. And since we have not had a sitter, I see the difference in how much my productivity has gone down because everybody who works at home knows this when you have kids that there's no such thing as doing both well at the same time no like I've always said like when you're doing life do life when you're doing work do work and that means I have to really shut my door and shut out the kids when I'm working and when I'm with them I need to really shut out work and so that's one of my do's this year I'm really working on doing that but I think part of that is also getting like a college kid even if it's once a week to help out with the kids so that I can have a more extended work day or I really need a housekeeper again because first of all my house is disgusting. (laughs) Well, there you go. Is there a second after that? I feel like you could just stop with that. I prioritized in my work-life balance that like, you know, mopping the bathroom floor is not going to be a priority. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather do other stuff. So for me, it's worth it to find somebody, you know, who can come if only like every other week or something. That's worth it for me because of the emotional, mental, and physical energy that goes into it. And I feel like I can be doing other things. So sometimes it seems like you said a waste or it's a frivolous I guess that's yes. a better word. Yeah. Use mm-hmm. of money. I don't think so. Because if that works towards, to your point, taking care of yourself or having more time for your kids or having more times for things that are important or that you love, then like, you know what? Let someone else mop the bathroom floor. Well, and sometimes it's just taking a hard look at your spending. And I know we're going to get to this. So this is a good segue to financial management because that's yeah. one on my list too. But you know what? All those coffees you're buying at Starbucks or maybe you don't necessarily need to have cable if you're using Netflix and Hulu. Like that's a lot of money that you could save and you could put elsewhere. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, like having someone else scrub the toilets, <laughs> that will lower my therapy bill. <laughs> Well, for some people, scrubbing the toilets might be therapy. Like depending on whose face you're imagining in the toilet as you're scrubbing it. Yes. (laughs) But I think also we have a really good post on Cool Mom Tech about cutting the cable cord to save money. And we really took a comprehensive look at all the various options and the questions Mm -hmm. to ask yourself to see if it's really going to be worth it or not. That's a great tip as far as financial management. What are some others? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I mean, doing a budget seems so overwhelming, but there are so many apps out there. LearnVest, Mint is a really popular one. There's the Daily so, Worth is great. Yes. There's so many great apps that can do your budget for you mm-hmm. that there's really no excuse anymore. And look, I'm raising my hand. Like I have tried to use them. I haven't found the best one for me yet because mm-hmm. I think it's hard as a small business owner. Like you don't have a consistent income. So I think if you do have a consistent income, it's a lot easier to use these apps. Right. But even just like putting away a little bit of money, you know, our former editor, Christina, did this whole thing where she just whenever she had a spare $5 bill, she just put it in a jar and she saved enough money to like pretty much pay for her family's vacation at the end of the year. Every time you found a $5 bill, just put, put it, it in a jar. I thought that yeah. was genius. Yeah. Here's one thing I do and this might work for some people too. I try to put as much as possible on one single credit card. So I try to make as many payments as I can all on an Amex first of all because it makes me pay it off every month. Ah. Sometimes I can't but there's like a little fail safe for that. But the other thing is at the end of the year, you get that annual review where you can pretty much see 
all of your expenses lined up, sorted by category. Yeah, that's that helpful. is really helpful, especially you when guys, you're doing your taxes. Definitely. Well, it makes your taxes go so fast. But if yeah, you guys got one from your bank or from your credit card, definitely look at that statement. Amex happens to have a great one. But I could literally see how much I'm spending on restaurants, how much I'm spending on entertainment, how much I'm spending on utilities. You know, it's so broken down. You go, whoa, I spent that on restaurants each month. And so it really helps you analyze and readjust your priorities if you're trying to work on a better, tighter budget. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something that I have trouble with. I mean, I'm not a super spender, but I think it's also just the nature of having four kids. They want this. They want that. We actually started doing an allowance in our house, and I'm mm. finding that it's saving me money. Yeah, we did because too. Because when we go out, they're not asking me for all sorts of things because all I say is, this is your money. You have your allowance, and you need to spend it. And it's actually saving me money, <laughs> ironically. You know what? I have had the same thing. My daughter, in her middle school, they have what they call out lunch. So if you get permission, you're allowed to go one block away within a limited group of like fast food chains and go have lunch. Right, And right. so my kids go to, I don't know, Obon Pan every day. So I now give her a set amount of money for the week, and that includes her paying for her own lunches. Ah. So basically, she can choose to bring something from home and have more money to buy on whatever 11-year-olds are into these days. Chokers, mostly black chokers. <laughs> or, you know, now she really understands the value of money more than ever before. Yes. Like she can say like, oh, I really want that chocolate chip muffin, but then I can't afford to get pizza. <laughs> so That's great. It's, it's a great lesson. Incredibly. And I find she's asking me for money less because she realizes not just does she have her own money, but she knows what things cost and that it's a big deal to just get, you know, a frappuccino with me at Starbucks. I totally agree with you. It's been life changing. And, you know, a whole other show would be talking about how we decide allowance and all that kind of stuff. But I will say we should do that. that doing that has actually helped my own financial management because I set that money aside and then I'm not spending when I go out to Target or wherever else I am and they're begging me for Pokemon cards or lip glosses. <laughs> I'm not buying them. Use your allowance. So I am actually saving money. <laughs> and then I would say just like one more thing under financial management, because I know this is a big deal for a lot of parents, which is saving for your kids and saving for college. Yes. First of all, you have to have a 529 fund. Get one, get one, get one. We've talked about this so often that I ask my relatives for 529 money for my kids' college every year for Christmas. And you know what? Now, 11 years later, we got like a good little, you know, we could pay for like one month at community college. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't even go there. Just, um, just stick with the advice. <laughs> but the other thing I started doing several years ago is just put a little bit each month automatically, create, you know, accounts for them yep. attached to your bank account and just transfer in $25 a month automatically, like on the 15th of every month and see how that goes. If you can afford that, if you can do more, put in, you know, 50 or put in 100, you can always adjust it. Yes. But once you have it automatically come out, you don't notice it anymore. And it's amazing how fast that adds up. So that's a really good way. Like start small. Like don't freak out that you can't put in like $5,000 a month. Do what you can and it will add up. I think it's a great tip. Now I'm inspired. I feel like I need to get off this podcast and go open some accounts. <laughs> <laughs> go open an account right now. Okay. So can we just talk a little bit about reading more? Because I think so yeah. many parents do have this. It's a big one for me. I think everyone has that one thing, maybe more, that makes them feel really guilty. And when I see people post photos of the books they're reading or they post Goodreads reviews on Facebook, I know. I'm I like, feel terrible. Screw you. You and your reading and your free time. <laughs> like, I, I feel, feel terrible. 
terrible. I actually, I actually unfollow those posts. Is that oh, so God. bad? <laughs> no, because that's how I feel with people who post their workout routines, like down to the <gasps> detail. I ran <sighs> 3.6 miles today, each mile under seven minutes and 14 seconds. And I'm like, unfollow. I know. I have such a hard time with it. It makes me feel guilty. And I've been trying for like years now to figure out different ways because I know it's important. I enjoy reading. I am a writer. It makes me a better writer to read. That's a great point, by the way. Stephen yeah. King's book on writing. By the way, yes. maybe start there if you haven't read it yet. It's amazing. It's a great book. And he says that. He says writers have to read. We have to read and it needs to be more than, you know, so-and-so's Instagram update or whatever. <laughs> but one of the big things that helped me mm-hmm. is having books on my phone uh. because I always have my phone with me. I don't always remember to stick the book that I'm reading in my bag. So I use the Kindle app on my phone. And you know what else I love about reading on my iPhone is that the pages are shorter. So I feel like I'm doing more, like I'm flipping more often. And it just, right. it makes, it gives me some sort of gratification. <laughs> I agree. Having stuff on your phone. And to me, it's often magazines. Like I tend to read a lot of current events and articles, but also there's really good short fiction in magazines like The New Yorker. Yeah. So I like that because I kind of get my fill of both. Um, but one thing you can do is kind of delete all of those time-sucking, addictive, Candy Crush-like apps on your phone. Yeah, that'll help. Like, there's a game called 1010 I'm completely obsessed with. And it's the kind of thing I do, like, when I'm getting my hair cut or just, like, watching a TV show to keep my hands busy. I'm, like, a yep. total fidgeter. But then I realized, like, it's so addictive that it was on my commute on the subway or, like I said, like, when I'm sitting in a salon. And that time could be spent reading instead. So... I think just not having that temptation there and knowing, like, what can I do while I'm sitting on the subway for half an hour? Oh, I can read. It, it really helped me. Yeah. Well, same applies for people that aren't on the subway but are sitting in the carpool lane. Totally. I mean, I'm victim of that. Like, I pick up my phone when I don't have anything else to do, and I'm flipping and looking and flipping and playing, and I feel like that time could really be better spent. After you've listened to Spawn, of course. Uh, yes, of course, listening to podcasts. My other trick, though, and this is also Gretchen Rubin's tip. We love her, her Happier podcast, The Happiness project. You guys know Gretchen. Everybody knows Gretchen. She says read what you love. (laughs) Read what you love. And you know what I found is that I love reading like YA. I even read middle grade books. My kids books. They're fun and easy. I had the same thing. I read The Happiness Project years ago and she talked about being you know an attorney and feeling like she shouldn't be the kind of person who enjoys reading the Frank Baum Oz books until she was like well why not? It makes me happy. And I was like yeah me too. And I started reading the Oz books again and it gave me so much joy. And so I agree. Like, I like the Maze Runner, and I like, you know, all the Hunger Games books. Like, I really enjoy those. Absolutely. Like, I didn't even know they were YA. And plus, if it's on your phone, no one will see you're reading it anyway. You can just tell them you're reading, like, <laughs> Nicholas Kristoff's 50 book. Shades of Grey, or we at, like, 51 Shades of Grey yet. Anyway, you know, you can read that stuff. It's on your phone. No one knows that you're doing those it. Those are good tips. I like that for reading more, because that's a good do for me. Do more reading. Yes. <laughs> all right. And so then let's finish up with talking about technology, because there's yeah. a couple things. You, getting your tech safe more secure. That might not be something that people think about, but they should. Yeah. I think more than ever, I mean, you know, what's dominated the news lately is hacking, right? Yes. People are very nervous about that. It's really, really, really important to set secure passwords. I cannot believe how many people, like if I'm helping them with their tech and I go, what's your password? And they go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No. I want to like throw the phone out the window and say, you do not deserve this phone. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot have that as your password. Set secure passwords. And if you have trouble doing that, 
And we have tips on Cool Mom Tech for how to do that. Like, it used to be just set a password. Now some sites are like, you have to use a character. You have to use a number. It's you have mind to use numbing. nine letters. Literally, actually, I think my mind is numb. Plus, it's a good <laughs> idea to have different passwords for every site anyway. Yes. You can use something like 1Password. It's number one password.com. It's a fantastic service. You pay for it. It's not that much. And basically, it can auto-generate really secure passwords for you for every single site that you visit and keep them all secure in basically a vault so that you only have to remember one password and then you'll have access to everything else and nobody else will ever remember it because you don't even remember it. I mean, this is what's recommended by like security experts and intelligence experts. This is really good, high quality encrypted technology. And you know what I love about this kind of resolution? I mean, like the idea of like locking down your Wi-Fi, changing the password. One of the big things that I have is like we have Fios and it is the longest password ever known to man. I think it's like 17 characters. What? Like you can (laughs) change those. Go change them, you know? So like when someone comes over to your house and they want to use your Wi-Fi, you don't have to go, uh, it's 474. I don't even know. (laughs) What I love about these kinds of resolutions is you Mm -hmm. can cross these off and be done with it at the end of January or even before that. And here's something else I want to say about security. And this is kind of interesting. So do you know Mo Gaffney? She's like a brilliant comedian and I love her. And we had like a nice little Twitter exchange a couple weeks ago. And I was joking about needing a go bag. considering what's going on in this country. I'm like, I, I need to do that because I'm like panicked that I don't have like bottled water in the house. I don't want to be like <laughs> oh, one of those dear. crazy people that like stockpiles canned goods for three years. But you know, we don't have basements where we can build fallout shelters in New York City. So <laughs> oh, I need dear. to go back. List. <laughs> and and so she was laughing about it too. And I was saying, well, maybe we should put together a list of like some of the tech stuff you can do if you're feeling anxious about things in the world right now. And I think a lot of people are. Yes. And I think that's as simple as remembering to keep your device charged all the time. Like, I remember after 9-11, always having my phone charged 100% because I was so nervous that something would happen and I wouldn't be able to get access to a uh, charger, you know, to a port. And then, you know, you start to feel more safe and secure and that kind of goes away and you realize you're walking out of your house with 20% on your phone. So I would say always have all your devices charged at all times. Make sure you get a good charging case for your phone. I love the Apple iPhone case that goes with the iPhone. It's like the best case I've ever had. And it charges everything. It's great. Yeah, yeah. You don't need another cord. All you need is your lightning cable to charge. So you don't need another like micro USB cable yeah. to charge it. It's brilliant. Have all your passwords like written down somewhere else, backed up on the cloud, someplace really secure so that you have them just in case. Also, you just wrote this tip on Cool Mom Tech, which was really great. Give somebody else access to your phone through their fingerprint. Yes. I love that. I had that. no idea that you can add additional fingerprints. You can. Not just right hand, left hand. But my boyfriend and I did that recently. We gave each other, you know, one print access. You never know when your own finger is going to be cut off. So, you know, make sure you (laughs) have another finger. You know, you can do Facebook legacy as well, which I know that's really dark, but if something should happen to you, someone else has access to your Facebook account. So just those little things, this is not to make anybody like anxious or think that we're completely insane, but you know what, just knowing those things are covered, it's kind of like having a will, right? Or having insurance. You do those things and then you can forget about them. I think that's a good thing in the new year so that you don't stress about those things because they're already taken care of. Oh God, Liz, being a grown up sucks. I know, adulting, (laughs) not my favorite thing. All right, well, let's end on a semi-positive note with the last one. And that has to do with screen time. And I don't know if you saw the study, Liz, but there is a study that says adults use their phones as much as teenagers. And so here we are saying teenagers are always on their phones. Guess what? We are too. Yeah. Well, we're awake later. (laughs) We have more hours in the day. (laughs) I don't know about that. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised. I remember when people used to go, oh my God, teenagers are texting a hundred times a day. And I was like, 
la 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 la. Have you seen my phone? Yeah, we are. And I am very guilty of it. I'm very aware of it. And in fact, we'll link the post that I did a couple years ago on Cool Mom Tech where I actually put my phone down. It was so simple. Yeah. I just put my phone down when I was around my kids. So in the mornings before they went to school and in the afternoon through the evening, it was like four hours or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I put my phone away. The only way people could get me was if they actually called me, which was fine. It worked. I know. I called you a lot. <laughs> and I have to say... I found that I had so much more time. I felt liberated. I actually did more reading. I found time to have a hobby. It's amazing how much time we spend doing nothing on our phones. And also, we talked about turning off notifications. If you can't completely put away your phone, set do not disturb for a certain amount of time. Turn off notifications. You know, we've talked about this before, but I don't need to see every time someone likes my Instagram post. Yeah, I have no (laughs) notifications on my phone. It's Pavlovian, literally. Like, it is. You ring the bell and the dog goes to look for food. You know, we hear that little beep on the phone and we have trained our brains to have to respond to it immediately. The reality is if you don't respond to a text or an email or a like or a notification immediately, that person will live. <laughs> like they'll be okay. And so I think we're so busy worrying about responding and putting other people first and having to engage that we leave ourselves behind. So this kind of goes back to self-care too. It does. But I think even the phones themselves are set up for allowing us to have some separation from them. So there's yeah. the do not disturb feature. That's That's a great way of putting it. There is, like you just said, turning off notifications. What I found when I did this is that the awesomeness of having a phone that is a camera, is a music player, can also be its downfall. Mm -hmm. And so I started to try to find other ways. Like I was like, all right, I need to find something else to play my music because then I'm always picking up my phone. You're like at CVS buying those like Kodak disposable cameras. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not going back that far. (laughs) But I did start wearing a watch, by the way, because I found that when I wanted to see the time... I would pick up my phone and then I would be like, oh, well, look, I have something on Instagram. I agree. And this may sound counterintuitive for our listeners, but an Apple Watch is an outstanding way to check your phone less. It really is. Yes. When I started wearing an Apple Watch, I was blown away that really what it allowed me to do was put my phone away. Yep. Because if I was at dinner and got like a little beep, I could just glance at my wrist and know, okay, I don't have to deal with that. Or if it was an emergency, I'd know I would. But it really keeps you in the conversation and keeps you in the moment. You know, there's a big thing about taking out your phone and unlocking it and then opening your text messages and seeing what came through. The Apple Watch really is there to make you look at your technology less. And I know that sounds crazy for those of you who haven't tried it, but it works really well. I think we've started to use our phones sort of as like self-soothing devices. Like we just kind of pick (laughs) it up and we like flip through it and there's like no actual anything happening. The Apple Watch cuts that out completely. Yeah. Because you're not just sitting on your phone flipping through it. It, it You don't want to read all your emails through this like one inch screen either. It's a hassle. Yeah, you're not going to do it. You don't even make calls. Like, it's really just a way to, like, see what's happening if someone texts you, in my opinion, and being like, yeah. oh. Also, I can check the weather and do Shazam. So that there makes me go. happy. Oh, look at you. <laughs> so that's good. I like this idea of, like, as a resolution of, like, less screen time and using yes. these tools that are built into the technology, as you said, to help us use the technology less. That's so great. Yeah. So smart. And hey, listeners, if you guys have resolutions that we didn't cover, or you want to hear our input about them, or you've got suggestions, please let us know. You can drop us an email, spawn at coolmompics.com. Find us on Twitter. Use the hashtag Spawn Show. Check us out on Facebook. And Liz, you've got a link if we want help keeping our resolutions, right? Yes. If you go to the APA, the American Psych Association, they have a really good help center post on keeping resolutions that really looks into like how your brain works and why only about 40% of people manage to keep any of their resolutions. So we'll link that up on Cool Mom Picks as well on our podcast page. All right. Well, we are going to talk about our cool picks of the week. But first, this. 
We are so happy to welcome back our sponsor, BitsBox. And you know, Kristen, we got so many emails and comments from our listeners who said that they've gotten BitsBox for their kids for the holidays and that they love it. Yeah, and guess what? If you missed out on it, you can still get it. They're offering a fantastic 20% off coupon code, so you can still give it to your kids. Maybe it's a Valentine's Day gift. Or kids have birthdays every single year. It's crazy how that <laughs> Every <happens>. day <laughs> in the world they have it. And you know what? If you're not familiar, it's a subscription box and website that actually teaches kids how to code. They can make their own apps and they build them on their desktop or laptop and then they really play. In fact, we have tried this. We have made our own apps and they play on almost any phone or tablet. It's great for kids about eight or nine and up and it's super engaging. It's fun and kids just love seeing the results of their own work. There's nothing that gets kids more excited about educational tools than seeing the results of it and knowing it came from them. And so I love that Bitsbox does that. And you know what? Save 20% Use the code COOLMOM when you go to bitsbox.com slash coolmom, and that will get you 20% off any of the Bitsbox subscriptions. Hey, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! All right, I've got a good one, Liz. You I've do? got a good one. Yes. Okay, what is it? It was my Christmas gift from my fiance. <gasps> you get to say fiance. Yeah, my fiance. It is a weighted blanket. Have I talked about my love for weighted blankets? No. I don't know anything about oh, this. Oh, God, Liz. It's it's just like a bunch of big, huge bears laying on top of you and hugging you and in the not gross, awesome way. <laughs> I'm one of those people that has to sleep with a blanket. I don't know people who even in the summer can sleep with just a sheet. Like, I need the weight on me. Is this that? Yes. Okay, so. So the concept is really, you know, based on a practice that is often used with kids with autism and people with disabilities where they will put like a weighted vest on them and it really helps ground you. We could go into all the sensory explanations, but it just calms you the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> so what what did he get you? Is it it's a blanket. It's made for adults? So I had bought a weighted blanket for my son who has anxiety and has trouble sleeping and he has loved it. He has had very few issues with sleep since I bought it for him a few months ago. That's fantastic. And you know what I do when he's away with his dad? I steal it and I use it <laughs> for myself because it's very calming for me. I find oh. that I get really deep sleep when I use so it. So Ben got you your own for Christmas. Yeah, so Ben got me one. The one I bought for my son is from waiting, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, comforts.com. Uh, I will pun. say they're expensive, so they are super pricey. You can find different priced ones if you look on Etsy. And listen, if you're really crafty, you can make one yourself because it's basically like a bunch of bean bags, if you can imagine that, Liz, like a quilt of bean bags. So it's all evenly weighted. I, I like that idea. Yeah, like the one I have is 30 pounds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like having a small child sleeping on it top is, of you, like it when is. you were nursing in the early days. If you're stressed out, if you guys are anxious in any way, if you have trouble sleeping, it's totally worth trying. And it's my new favorite thing weighted blanket. I cannot sleep without it now. I don't know how I'm going to pack it on trips because I'll have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out later. Like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you're over the weight limit. Yep. It's just <laughs> like, a I had my weighted blanket. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And you know what? That's also good proof that like the most romantic gifts are not necessarily the fancy jewelry, but like this just is true. being with a partner who knows what you need and what you love. That's really, I like and that. And who wants to give me sleep. The gift of sleep. All right. So what about you? What's your okay, cool pick of the so week? Okay. So this kind of goes back to my one word resolution of do. Okay. And part of that is being aware of what's going on so I can act on it. And so I want to give a shout out to Dave Pell, who has the most amazing daily newsletter called Next Draft. I mean, it's huge. And it's got about, I think, about 200,000 subscribers. It's really wow. amazing. He's this great writer. He's like a tech Silicon Valley guy, really smart, 
Definitely liberal perspective, but intellectually honest, very smart. And he basically curates all of the day's most important and fascinating news into a newsletter. And it's such a good, fun, great read on its own. Oh, I love that. It actually may be weekly, maybe not daily. I'm not sure. I kind of like stash them all into one folder. And then when I get around to it, I like read a whole bunch of them. But anyway, it's from a guy named Dave Pell. It's called Next Draft. You can just find it at nextdraft.com. And so he'll provide some analysis, but he'll have stuff from the New York Times or he'll have several links about like some big issue that's going on in politics or he'll do fun things like he presented. um, It's called the 2016 Smart Binge Music and Book Guide, where on uh, Medium, he writes a column about like the best documentaries and TV shows and music and products and stuff that you should get into in the new year. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's informative. And if you are overwhelmed with Twitter, if you're missing your RSS feed, if you're feeling like you can't keep up with all the stuff going on in the news, it's just like a really good, smart, well-curated excerpt of kind of what's going on in the world with a balance of like politics and kind of more frivolous, fun entertainment stuff. I love it. Next draft. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned and Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy, Happy New Year. 2017. Fresh starts, new beginnings, and uh, hopefully lots of good stuff to come. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, and thank you listeners for your emails and tweets and comments. Hey, Liz, we're number 78 on the most popular parenting podcast list. Actually, it's kids and family. So we're up against like our friends at like Story Nori and the Story Pirates. Oh my gosh. And also <laughs> all, like every one of the 8,000 NPR podcasts. So that's pretty good. That's nice. true. <laughs> and you know what? We got a bunch of new ratings. So people are listening to our plea to send us a review or ratings on iTunes. Oh, that's a Christmas gift we'd love. So thank Yay. you for that. And you know what, guys? Make sure you subscribe to Spawn. You can do it right on your phone right now. Click that button, subscribe so you never miss an episode and make sure to download them. That helps get the word out. It helps people find us. And for that, we're most appreciative. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.